0: more fundamental to brewing than cleaning. When somebody comes to me and is interested in learning how to homebrew, the first question I ask is, how much do you like to do dishes? And the reason is that cleaning and sanitation are so key to making great beer. So on today's show, we have Emily Lovato of Five Star Chemicals, and she's going to talk to us all about cleaning and sanitation today on Homebrewing DIY. Drop a magnetic scrubber into your carboy and be able to scrub away all of the grime in that hard to clean cruisin. They are no match for Scrubber Duckies, and you can get yours today at ScrubberDuckies.com. Once again, head over to ScrubberDuckies.com. Have you ever wanted to make a podcast? Do you have a subject you want to discuss with listeners? Do you even know where to start? Well, if you want to make a podcast and you want to get started now, I could not recommend Anchor enough. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. Creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast, so it sounds great. They'll distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard everywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. And you can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Hey, look, I shopped around for a place to post my podcast, and Anchor was the easiest, most streamlined experience you could ask for. So if you're looking for a place for your new podcast, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Once again, Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And welcome back to Homebrewing DIY, the podcast that takes on the do-it-yourself aspect of homebrewing. Gadgets, contraptions, and parts, this podcast covers it all. On today's show, we're talking to Emily Lovato of Five Star Chemicals. She's joined us today and going to talk about all of their solutions to cleaning and sanitizing your brewery. But first, I'd like to thank all of our patrons over at Patreon. It's your support that comes to us month after month that keeps this podcast coming to you every week. Right now, over at Patreon, we have some great specials going on. You can give at the $1 level and you can receive access to our ad-free RSS feed, which is only available for the $5 level or higher. So if you'd like to get access to that for the first 20 subscribers at that $1 level, you're going to get access. We only have seven spots left, so hop on there, get to it quick. I'd also like to thank our newest patron, Edward Anderson. Once again, your support keeps this show coming to you every week. If you'd like to contribute, And give monthly, head over to patreon.com forward slash homebrewing DIY. Once again, that's patreon.com forward slash homebrewing DIY. Another way that you can support the show is by giving us a rating or review. If you use Apple Podcasts, just use your podcast app to give us a review, or podchaser.com is another way to give us a review. Your reviews help others find this show. Also, your feedback helps this show improve. And you can always give feedback by shooting us an email. Just shoot an email to podcast at homebrewingdiy.beer or use the contact form on our website, homebrewingdiy.beer. The last way you can support the show is by heading over to our website, homebrewingdiy.beer and clicking on our sponsor links, such as Cherokee Brew Supply or Brewfather. Your support from those sponsors keeps this show going as well. Well, last week we had our first Brewers Q&A. It was over on our Discord server. And if you'd like to join our Discord server, you can head over to our website, once again, homebrewingdiy.beer, and click on the Join the Discussion in the menu. If you click on that, it'll take you right to our Discord server, sign up, get an account, and you're in. We have a lot to talk about. We also have a patron-only lounge for our patrons. And during our Brewers Q&A, anyone has access up to the first 25 people. And... Once, we take, once we're take, once we done doing that, we're actually going to take the recording, and then we're going to turn it into an episode that we're going to give to our patrons. So head over to that Join the Discussion tab from our website, homebrewingdiy.beer. Quick, uh, quick update on what's going on in my brew house. Right now, I'm in the process of redoing my fermentation chamber. I've taken my old fermentation chamber out and have moved in a new one. we have got a new chest freezer. Thank you, Evan. And I'm actually in the process of doing a rebuild of my ferment track. I'm pretty excited about it. I just got my temp probes in. I am still waiting for the PCB boards. I should see those hopefully this week, fingers crossed. I do feel like sometimes things in the mail right now are a bit slow, but once I get those PCBs, I should have everything I need to get my ferment track up and running again. I'm pretty excited about getting this going, getting some batches into the fermenter and, uh, making some beer. Also on order, I have all of the stuff for my new iSpindle spindle that I'm making. And so I've got a new PCB board, all new ESP8266s. The model, they're they're a bit different, the ones that work for the iSpindle, spindle. And so those are on their way. And once I get all of those parts in place, I'm going to start doing it. But one of the cool things I'm going to do as part of my ferment track build is I am going to build a step-by-step guide. I'll get it posted to our website. I'll just do it as a blog post. But the reason is, is that I've had a lot of requests because I've done so many podcasts on things like Ferment track and spindle to actually build a step-by-step guide. Specifically with Ferment track, there's not really a lot on the internet other than sifting through a lot of forum posts where you could actually get a guide on building one all the way from scratch. And there's a lot of reasons why. There are a lot of different configurations you could do. You could do screw down components. You could use RJ11s. It all depends on how you want to do the connectors. And there's a lot of different ways. So I'm just going to come up with, at least in my mind, the simplest way to get one out. And then I'm going to build a step-by-step guide and get it out. So keep an eye out for that. And I will let you know when that guide's out. Well, let's uh, hop into this week's episode where we're going to talk to Emily over at 5 Star Chemicals. I'd like to welcome Emily Lovato from 5 Star Chemicals. She's the business development technical sales manager and she's joining us today to talk about all things cleanliness and homebrewing. Hi Emily, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Excellent. Well, Let's just get started. I, I would say the first thing I would like to hear about is the history of Five Star and how you guys got started in brewery cleaning business. How, how'd how you get
1: there? Well, Five Star uh, started dabbling in cleaners and sanitizers um, about 40 years ago, specifically targeting the homebrew and the craft industry. Um, our goal in mind was to provide Home Brewers as well as the craft market with quality you know cleaning and sanitizing products that they can trust. Um, in addition to that, our products are also designed for this industry to handle you know their equipment, handle it with care, as well as keep their safety in mind of the user um, at the frontmost of everything
0: awesome. and you when you're talking to you know homebrew shops out there or you're talking to breweries, when when they when you go to them and you explain to them the proper way to clean and sanitize, what does that process look like?
1: So at Five Star, you know, we have cleaning and sanitizing pretty much down to a science. Um, we pride ourselves in that. Um, for the home brewing realm, realm as well as the craft, we always recommend that there is a two to three step process when cleaning uh, and sanitizing their equipment. One, they're always going to need to use an alkaline cleaner um, or a caustic, depending on what their preference is. They're going to need to rinse between, apply an acid cleaner after that, apply another rinse, and then go in with their sanitizer or their final application. Typically for the homebrew realm, it's going to be a two-part application, being your cleaner Rinse, followed by your sanitizer or your final application. And then in the craft realm, they do throw a couple other chemicals in there, um, obviously, to handle those bigger CIP um, facilities.
0: Yeah. And and so when you're talking about alkaline cleaners, you, you might mm-hmm. be talking about a product such as PBW, correct?
1: Absolutely correct. PBW is our non-caustic alkaline cleaner. Uh, that is a phenomenal product across the board. Um, and, you know, it's designed with the safety of the user in mind, as well as the equipment that the user is going to be cleaning.
0: Yeah, let's talk a bit about safety. You mm-hmm. mentioned that a couple of times. When you talk about, obviously, PBW is a pretty safe to handle product when, you, when you're when you talking about it, like, I can stick my hand in the water, it's not going to burn it. Uh, but the idea is that uh, when you're talking to maybe the difference between a brewery and a Home Brewer, is there a different level of safety that is involved in there? Like do they have maybe some products in a brewery that uh, might be a little more hazardous to handle or something like that?
1: Absolutely. When it comes to PPE, we always recommend, regardless if you're a home brewer or a craft brewer, um that you Always protect yourself, um, regardless of the chemicals that you're using. Even if it's indicated that they're safe, you know it's better to be safe than sorry in the end. Um, so with that, you know caustics are going to burn the skin, whereas PBW, which is an alkaline cleaner, is not going to have that effect. So if a user were to go in there with gloves, um, it is not going to burn the skin as an caustic would. But again, we always recommend that everyone wears gloves when they're handling chemicals. The difference being is they're both going to have a high pH, usually of about 10 or higher, which is what's going to give them their their cleaning power, if you will. So they're both, you know, intended to be cleaners. However, one is going to be a lot more hazardous to the user than the other. And that being PBW is safe to the user where caustic is not safe to the user. And caustics are typically used in a craft environment versus the homebrew.
0: Yeah, I I think the place that I've seen it in my home brewery, at least some sort of caustic cleaners, are things for like cleaning keg lines, right? Um,
1: Those are going to be more acid actually, for keg lines. Um, Caustics are going to be more for a CIP application. So an application where... There's no manual hands on, if you will. It's kind of, you know, again, in a craft environment, typically where they'll pour the, the chemicals in and it push a button and everything's done in a, in a clean in place atmosphere um, versus actually having to manually deal with it with your hands.
0: Uh, that makes complete sense. So, for example, I have a large fermenter that nobody's actually going to be a human inside of it and you're going to rinse it with that caustic and it's running through the system, but nobody actually touches it. Right.
1: Correct, correct. And and caustics, in my opinion, are more suited for a CIP environment just because of the safety aspect, right? Um, when you have an open fermenter or any sort of open environment, there's always the potential for splashbacks, spills, you know, any sort of accident can happen, regardless of how safe you are, you know, that's why there are accidents. Um, so th- for a CIP application, it's more enclosed. Therefore, you know, caustics are more recommended in that environment because the hazard's a little less than a manual application.
0: Exactly. Why, why would we want to clean and sanitize a brewery? What are the, some of the microbes that might contaminate or get into our beer that we don't want?
1: So, I mean why wouldn't you want to sanitize your equipment? Honestly, I mean, sanitizing means that, you know, you've treated your equipment with a chemical solution or sometimes heat um, that will eliminate virtually all spoilage organisms such as molds, wild yeast, bacteria, etc. That could alter the profile or harm anyone consuming that final product. So in my opinion, um, when you're making a product that's being consumed by others, uh, why wouldn't you want to sanitize?
0: I personally, complete, if I uh, was
1: going to somebody's homebrew setup and and they weren't sanitizing, I would not um, want to drink their beer. <laughs> just because I, you. I could.
0: Know. I could t- I couldn't agree more. But uh, obviously, I just want to. You know, I'm gonna assume that maybe somebody here is a, a brand new brewer, and mm-hmm. uh, and and they might question. And you know, there are times when, and I'll I'll give you an example. When I got my first homebrew kit, it was a decade ago and I got a kit and it came with a cleaner in it and it was a one-step cleaner. What Mm. is the difference between, you know, the five-star solution for cleaning and sanitizer sanitizing versus those types of one-step cleaners that are out there?
1: So you can't clean and sanitize in one step. There's no way to do so. <laughs> you can only um sanitize a clean environment. And in order to have a clean environment, you need to remove the soil before you can sanitize. Um and, and a one-step sort of product isn't gonna do that because you're there's no rinse before the sanitation. It's simply use, dump, and you should be good to go, which is not the case. So you can only sanitize clean equipment. Um Another rule for thumb is that cleaners um, and sanitizers can only clean what they can see and that cleaners are not sanitizers. So you always will need two things. You will need a cleaner to remove the soil followed by a rinse. And then you will need to go in and sanitize that clean environment. Because again, you cannot sanitize an environment where soil has not been removed.
0: Excellent. And I know that most homebrewers out there are probably familiar with star San. but mm-hmm. you guys have a ton of products that are just geared towards the homebrew market. What are, what are some of the other products and maybe some of the uses that they would have?
1: So um, we do have a great line of products um, for the homebrew realm and maybe some that you know, homebrewers don't even know are available to them. Um PBW obviously is really well known. It's our, you know, powdered brewer's wash. It's known across the board um, as our non-caustic alkaline cleaner. Most are familiar with that, I would hope. <laughs> Another one that they could use as an alternate if they wanted to PBW, if, you know, they're not a fan of the powders um, and they want a liquid cleaner. We have a product called LLC, which stands for liquid line cleaner. And this is a concentrated alkaline beer line cleaner. However, it can also be used in place of PBW for for all areas of their brew system. Um, They could alternate that. So it's just an option for those who maybe are not a fan of the powder and prefer a liquid. We just have some options for them um, in realms of that. You do want to keep in mind that the LCC is a caustic. So again, if you're looking for someone that wants a little more cleaning power than their standard alkaline, they could also use liquid line cleaner for that. Another great product um, is BS remover. We all want to rid the BS in our lives um, and especially on our equipment in relation to beer stone um, and scale buildup. This product is specifically designed for the homebrew or excuse me, homebrew realm um, to rid any beer stone that they might be dealing with um, in their homebrew equipment. Uh, another one would be Santa Clean. For those who fear the foam, even though we say to not fear the foam, we do have an alternate available for those who like a low foam alternative to star sand, and that would be Santa Clean. Santa Clean would also be what I would recommend for any CIP environment. So anything involving a pump, I would not recommend using star sand. It's going to produce foam consistency that could be that of shaving cream, which to a pump is going to cavitate or bog it down. Santa Clean is not going to have that effect on a pump. So just depending on what the environment is and what the applications are, we definitely have a wide variety of products to meet every brewer's needs. And those are just a few of the sampling. Um, You know, if anyone wants to go onto our website, we've completely redone our website. And there's a a plethora of resources on there and information about some of the other products that we have as well.
0: One of the things you talked about was beer stone. And Mm -hmm. let's assume I'm a brand new brewer. I haven't Mm -hmm. brewed enough batches to get some beer stone buildup. What is beer stone and how would I know I have it?
1: So beer stone is typically the minerals falling out of the water and sticking to the stainless. Most times this is going to happen in areas that experience hard water or it's going to happen a lot more quickly. Um, So what will happen is the minerals will fall out of the water and they will stick to the stainless, leaving this kind of white... Cakeyish appearance on the stainless. You can scratch it off with your fingernail. What this is is what we call beer stone, and it's you know adhering to that stainless because there's no barrier between the stainless and the chemical, or excuse me, the stainless and the water to prevent it from sticking. This BS remover is going to create um, sort of an oxidation layer between that stainless and the water to help from it to prevent it from sticking to the stainless walls, so that that stone buildup does not happen so quickly. Um, you're going to have stone buildup. You know, typically you want to do an overhaul of all of your equipment and passivate your equipment as well, at least once a year. Um, BS remover is great to have in that, that re- regimen to be able to do that.
0: Okay. So once a year, let's say I'm brewing and, and, and uh, I would say the average hoe brewer is probably brewing about round once a month, right. If I'm, mm-hmm. if I'm doing it a lot. and so about that once a year i'm gonna go through i'm gonna do a take every part completely apart really get in there scrub it down with like a toothbrush level of cleanliness to every Mm -hmm. kind of stainless steel part and that's a really good time to really bring in that bs uh that beer stone remover regimen is that is that what you're saying
1: Absolutely. I mean, they can honestly use it a little more frequently than that. What I refer to as the once a year process is passivating their stainless steel. Um, what this is is putting that oxidation layer on there. BS remover will remove the the buildup that can happen over time um, if you use it regularly. And then if the home brewer chooses not to use it regularly, they can use it, you know, once every couple months to kind of help build down that scale. But the best things for them to do to prevent that scale is to passivate their equipment. And that is something that they would need to do approximately once a year. Um, and again, that what that is, is putting an oxidation layer between the stainless and anything that's going to come in contact with the stainless, whether it be chemicals, tap water, anything of that nature. It creates an oxidation layer, preventing things from sticking to the stainless, making it easier for the soil removal uh, process.
0: Oh, that, that's awesome. And I got to be honest, that's something that I've, I didn't even know that you did. Uh, I've been brewing for a long time, but uh, you know, it's always been scrub it down with PBW and then go in with the star sand, obviously to get the sanitation layers as needed. And I have used beer stone remover when I've had buildup, but I have never really done a create that that oxidation layer so that I have less buildup. And I think that's something I could probably change today,
1: right? Definitely. And and if, you know, for passivation, for those home brewers who don't have BS remover um, on hand, you can also use undiluted star sand and wipe down the, you know, stainless with a rag of undiluted star sand. Um, your stainless likes to be in an acidic state. And by doing that with the star sand, not only are you passivating it, you're leaving it in that acidic state, which protects it and it loves. Um, so it's just some, you know, rules of rules of the trade, right? To kind of protect the, the investment that you make on your equipment. I mean, and as homebrewers advance, the equipment is advancing right along with them, right? So in the past, we haven't had so much of a, a beer stone remover or passivator for the homebrew market because it's, you know, they're pretty abrasive products. But as homebrewers advance, uh, equipment advance. We needed to advance our line um, as well to be able to accommodate the homebrewer realm um, with these products. And so BS Remover is something that I think is a great product to add to the regimen, especially just for the benefits that it has. And it's a really cheap product too. It's nothing, I know, you know, homebrewers are familiar with PBW being a more of an expensive product. Um, and BS remover is not an expensive product. It's really cheap and it's something that goes a long way in, in regard to protecting your equipment.
0: Yeah. It's something you could buy a package of and it could last you a couple of years. It's not something you use a ton of and on every batch, right?
1: No, we only sell it in an eight ounce, um, container. They usually, you'll see them in the homebrew stores in an eight ounce container for the BS remover. And that is, you know, all we offer that product in. Yep.
0: So, you did talk about star sand there and going in and using it to passivate uh, with its acidity. but and and I think that's kind of a hint to how Star sand works. But why don't you give us a detailed explanation of how your sanitizers work?
1: So our sanitizers are built, you know, for handling the environments that we're we're trying to sanitize. They're made to go in and kill any possible living organisms so that your profile at the end is not harmed it's not tainted by any sort of possible organism that could be growing in there that is why it's so important to have sanitizers Um, that's why we have high foaming low foaming manual sanitizers manual or sanitizers for cip application these sanitizers are made and designed to go in and clean and sanitize these environments so that your product is clean it's intended to have that flavor profile that you were seeking and it's not going to harm the the user who is who's ingesting that product at the end
0: when we were talking just talking to a little bit deeper about the 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 sanitizers i actually kind of put out to some of my community members hey i'm going to have start i'm actually going to have five star on the the podcast and i got a ton of questions and in the question i got asked more and more than any other question was its effectiveness over time i think a lot of people try mm-hmm. to make star sand go a long way and it's. I don't think Star Sand's overly expensive. You're talking about it's. It ends up being about a dollar an ounce if you buy it in the smallest package. But mm-hmm. when when you talk to homebrewers, they're constantly trying to make it go a long way by doing things like putting it in a spray bottle, using distilled water. What are some of the tr- tips and tricks out there to kind of make a single batch of Star Sand last a bit longer?
1: So, from a legal standpoint. I recommend that every time you sanitize, you make a fresh batch. However, for homebrewers, there's tricks and trades that people do and, and have been doing for years uh, as long as Star Sand's been around. Um, typically, what you can do is check your pH level of a fresh mixed batch that you know is recently purchased at the store. It hasn't been sitting around for three to four years. Um, take that fresh batch, mix it check your pH level. As long as it's at 3.5 or below, you're good to go. Um, 3.5 or below pH is what's giving it that killing power to kill any living organisms that could possibly be in there. And as long as you are at 3.5 or below, you can continue to use that solution. If you have anyone using reverse osmosis or distilled water, that solution can go a little further. So they they definitely, definitely excuse me, can get some um, more bang for their buck. Typically, a solution will last about three to four months, but again, they can check that pH level three point five or below, they're good to go. Legally, we always recommend that you make a fresh batch of sanitizer every time that you're sanitizing. just to, it's better to be safe than sorry. But again, we know that homebrewers do have tricks and trades and and that is one that has you know been proven yeah,
0: and, and I think that the key there is the checking your pH right mm-hmm. i think that uh, a lot of people just mix it in and go and uh, and i'll I'll admit that i'm a little guilty of it of keeping a, a spray bottle around and maybe letting it go a little too long but mm-hmm. uh in the end i still i do have a for, i do have a ph meter i do check my ph on my star sand and i have had it even in distilled water go above that 3.5 threshold mm-hmm. and you got to toss it and so yep. yeah
1: yeah, so. I mean, it's better to be, like I said, it's better to be safe than sorry. Would you rather toss that mixed solution of star sand or your final batch of beer? You know what I mean? Like it's a dollar my opinion, worth of star mix another batch of star sand instead of dumping my entire batch of beer because I, I I didn't do it properly
0: exactly. And let's just put it in numbers. It's a dollar worth of star sand versus mm-hmm. fifty dollars worth of beer if you're you doing a pretty big IPA. And so exactly. It, and and it... another
1: rule of thumb, if you question it, dump it. Right. Like if you have any question whatsoever, uh, how long has this been sitting? Is it still good? One, you are more than welcome to give five star call. We are uh, happy to to answer any technical questions that you may have. Um, and two, if, if you question it, dump it and make a new batch. I mean, it's it's just better to be safe than sorry.
0: I agree. And I think one of the things that people might lose the fact is, is that we are still creating a food product here, right? Mm -hmm. Um, People are consuming it in their bodies. And so, you know, when we're talking about things like contamination, it is really important to have a really clean brewery and, and to handle our brewing process as if we were handling chicken or food. And so those are the kind of things that I always think, at least that's my approach to brewing is like, it's the same as cooking in that if I drop chicken on the floor, would you put it back in the pot and cook it? No, you would just toss it. And that's kind of the same idea, right?
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I mean, you can make, you know, when, when you're mixing the, the chemicals such as PBW or the BS remover, um, even the sanitizer, you can definitely make one batch and transfer that through all of your equipment. That is obviously, you know, completely fine. You don't need to make a new batch. Some, some new brewers um, feel they need to make a new batch for each piece of equipment that they're cleaning, that they're just wasting their money at that point. Um, you know, so you can definitely transfer it through, get some longevity out of those products um, and just kind of think of it like, let's see, for, for instance, with PBW, when you make a mixed solution of PBW, it's just most effective in the first eight to 10 hours. So, you want to make sure that you're utilizing all that cleaning power in the first eight to ten hours. After that, it's still effective. It's just not as effective. You know, you have some home brewers that'll soak their kettles and what have you overnight because the soil's just crazy or they don't they don't want to scrub, whatever the case may be. And that's completely fine, but it's it's most effective in those first eight to ten hours,
0: yeah, um, one of the things you talked about was low foaming sanitizer and foaming sanitizers right and mm-hmm. i i personally don't fear the foam i love star sand i get foam everywhere I, to me that just says that it's clean and when i have my fermenter filled with foam i just know hey it beer's going in there um but there are some uses that i've seen from other brewers out there for low foaming and i know you talked about pumps but what might be some other uses for having a low foam sanitizer
1: Um, just a low foam sanitizer typically is just an alternative to the high foam for those people who are just not comfortable with the foam. Some people see foam, they freak out. They think soap suds. I need to rinse. No, you don't. (laughs) Um, so Clean is just a low foam alternative for those who fear the foam and for again, any CIP application. You can use you know, Santa Clean is a manual cleaner um, or sanitizer as well, but the foam aspects of StarSan when manually um, sanitizing, are what are key, right? So there isn't really—I mean, you can use Santa Clean in other applications, but it's recommended for all CIP applications, and then Star San is recommended for all manual applications.
0: Yeah, and and so and I'll and I'll kind of give an example. I have a friend that has an automatic bottle washer. And when he sanitizes mm-hmm. his bottles, he obviously uses a low foam sanitizer. Because right. if 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 he were using star sand in that, it would be growing a gigantic cake of pure foam outside of his thing, and it would be <laughs> growing larger and larger and larger. And so, yes, those that, that would be a, a great use case. W- what what kind of new technologies are you guys coming out with? Are 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 you constantly looking to innovate in in the brewery chemical space is
1: yeah absolutely we want to you know make chemicals that make sense and that are what what our you know the consumers need um so we do have some new products that we're developing um that will hopefully be rolling out by the end of the year you know just giving some some alternates to some already great products you know such as possibly a liquid PBW um, as well as a powdered star sand. So, just giving some different options for those who like powders over liquids. And then, you know, obviously some of our chemicals are hazardous. And so, specifically star sand. And so, by making a powdered star sand, Um, we're able to eliminate that hazmat fee so you know some great things for customers down the road Um, there's no official launch dates or anything like that yet they're just some things that we're kind of bouncing around and would love to be able to offer if everything works out by the end of the year
0: that's that's awesome and yeah. To be honest, if, and then if, if you, you came know, out with powdered Darsan, I would love it. So just Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and me, you know, me personally, I'm a liquid girl versus a powder. So, you know, I, I just think for me personally, it's easier. I'm just a fan of liquid. So I think it's great to have something that is, you know, accommodates both for yeah. for something that you, you have something to offer everyone. Right. And so exactly. we want to continue to do that as we grow as well. And so, you know, if homebrewers have any suggestions or ideas, please throw them our way. They can email, you know, support at five star and give us your ideas. You know, we, we're here for you guys and we want to create products that you guys need and you guys want aside from what we already have. So, you know, shoot, and it, shoot us some ideas.
0: A- absolutely. <laughs> we're all, we're all, and, and if I wanted to find you, uh, where mm-hmm. would I find you? Would it be 5starchemicals.com?
1: Um, you could email me directly. It's e lavato, so E-L-O-V-A-T-O at 5starchemicals.com. Um, you can, you know, if any home brewers have technical questions or questions regarding, you know, this specific podcast, want more information, more resources, please email me and I'm more than happy to get you any information that I can to help you, you know, clean and sanitize the proper way
0: that that would be awesome and i'll make sure that uh i put a link to the website on the show notes and all of that kind of information as well uh and i would i would also like to you know thank you guys well i'd like to thank five star chemicals and emily for taking the time to come and be on the show if i were looking for your chemicals where are the best places to find them retail
1: So if you're looking for our chemicals, you can go to our website. We have a great list of um, homebrew stores that sell our products. Um, You can also find them on Amazon. Um, We don't sell direct to homebrewers. Um, Any craft brewers are welcome to to order direct, but homebrewers, we do, you know, wish that you would purchase through distributors um, such as LD Carlson. Uh, more flavor, or you can order again on Amazon. And on our website, we have a huge list um, organized by state of homebrew stores in your area that offer our products.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming on our show. <laughs> I I learned a few things that I never knew about cleaning. So this is always, every, <laughs> every interview for me is is always a learning experience. And Emily, I want to thank you for taking the time. And even though we had some technical difficulties at the beginning, we got through them. And uh, thanks for
1: coming on Homebrewing DIY. You are more than welcome. And I just want to leave the, you know, homebrewers with just a couple rules to think of as you, you know, continue on your homebrewing journey. Um, One, you can only sanitize clean equipment. Two, dirty equipment will always contain bacteria. Three, cleaners and sanitizers, Sanitizers, excuse me, can only clean what they see. Cleaners are not sanitizers. Sanitizers are not cleaners. Time, temperature, and concentration are important. Do not overuse your chemicals and respect your chemicals. As long That's... as that, you know, follow those rules. Keep a good cleaning regimen. Clean, keep your equipment clean and sanitized. And, you know, clean equipment equals clean beer.
0: I couldn't have said it any better. That's a, a, a great set of rules to live by.
1: And then, you, like I said before, five stars always here. If you guys need us, feel free to reach out with any questions. You know, we're, we're more than happy to help. Awesome. Well, thank you, Emily. Yeah, you're very welcome.
0: to thank emily for taking the time to be on the show it was really great talking to her and i learned a thing or two i hope you did too you can always follow us on social media we're on twitter instagram or facebook just look for us the handle at homebrewing diy all one word if you want to find out more about five star chemicals just go into our show notes i'll have links to emily and all of the things over at five star so that you can check out and do a deeper dive well that's it for this week and we'll talk to you next week on Homebrewing DIY.